When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. AM, the Zone. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Good morning. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report with you this Tuesday morning. Today looks like it'll be in the upper 70s with a chance of rain and some stronger winds. We'll get more on the forecast later from our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck. Also in the hour, we'll talk with John Heinberg of Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. The crop progress report will come out today, delayed one day due to the Labor Day holiday weekend. But before we preview that report and other markets, we'll chat with a recent Hall of Fame inductee. Thanks for listening along with me this Tuesday morning. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM farm school bells are ringing and as of this week most if not all schools should be reopened for the fall semester bob bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn and of course uh, lunch programs how are they going to be handling the lunch programs as far as the buffet lines and things like that and where's that food coming from Sam, you found out a lot of more of it all the time is coming locally, right? Yeah, you bet, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I think there are a, a real strong handful of schools that have had the goal of buying local, keeping things fresh, uh, getting it from a close proximity for a long time, and even more paying attention to some of that since the pandemic. Had a great conversation with Mike Gasper. He's the school nutrition supervisor in Holman. Mike started in 2008 as the school nutrition supervisor, and at that time, he had a special goal of trying to figure out how to provide more of the school lunch menu from local sources. It started off with pretty humble beginnings. Uh, They have a lot of local apple producers in that Holman area, so kids started getting fresh apples from local farms. But boy, has it expanded. And many of you know, uh, Roger King, former ag instructor in Holman, had a big influence on trying to partner with other farms and get this school nutrition program off the ground. Mike Gasper says it's not just something that he practices at school. Even at home, my wife and I, you know, we really, we attend the farmer's markets. We, you know, try to buy locally produced um, food um, because it's important for a number of reasons. I mean, I believe, you know, the freshness certainly is important. The taste factor is definitely there. Uh, But you're also supporting the local economy. I think that's extremely important, Um, you know, and that's one of the things we've tried to do in in our program, not just with Farm to School, uh, but just, uh, you know, the milk that we purchase is all made within 200 miles of of home in here. Um, We purchase bread from a local bakery, things of that nature. We try to um, 
do to help support the economy, I think is incredibly important. Now, I know that there's there's been a lot of folks that have tried to go down this path, but logistics, that's something people don't always understand. Now, you've worked directly and you've worked with Fifth Season, kind of an aggregator in Viroqua. Tell me about the logistics that have to be kept in mind with these uh, good ideas. You bet. Most distributors, local distributors, the Reinhardts, the Bear Bussiscos of the world, they need to have those, those kind of places. Typically, are going to require a manufacturer to carry a certain level of insurance uh, on their product in case there's uh, something unfortunate that might happen um, and somebody gets sick. So uh, the problem with that is um, the kind of really takes the possibility of a farmer directly selling to one of these distributors out of the question because the farmer can't afford the, the insurance that they have to carry. And that's where a, a fifth season co-op comes in. Um, you know, They're able to uh, carry the insurance for these farmers and kind of coordinate things so that you know, if, if a school district or a distributor is looking for cherry tomatoes, for instance, they can get that all set up so that they will have a reliable local supply. And, and you know, selling local products is important to those distributors as well. Um, and I think that's really been something that people are, are really starting to focus on. You know, you see it in your local supermarkets, farmer's markets, everywhere. So um, that's kind of what Fifth Season does, and um, it's worked out really well for us, uh, especially with the La Crosse County Farm School Program. You know, we've um, used Fifth Season to help us uh, arrange products for years. Mm -hmm. And those products have changed. I mean, from the innocent beginnings of getting locally produced fresh apples into the school program, boy, Mike, uh, between you and now retired uh, ag instructor Roger King, you guys have really elevated this interaction. Tell me a little bit about how it's it's kind of cascaded into so many more products. You bet. Well, you know, I think uh, we've all heard the stories of kids that think the chicken actually grows on that foam platter that you see in the supermarket because um, they don't know where it comes from. And, and that was always one of Roger's big things was, you know, um, teach the whole process from start to finish what it takes um, to get something to the table. Um, it's incredible. You know, most people don't give it a lot of thought. And uh, um it's a very important piece, I think, for people to understand. So what we've done is um, we've really gotten our students involved on a number of different levels. We've done everything from hydroponic lettuce, um, hydroponic herbs, radishes, carrots, um, to watermelon, squash, peppers, uh, sweet corn. We've had acres of sweet corn. And then it's uh, morphed into chicken. Uh, we, we've raised chicken in our district. We've raised pigs in our district. In fact, this morning we were um, browning off some of the, the pork sausage that we were able to raise last year um, for use in, like, Italian dishes that we're going to have coming up uh, this school year. And then uh, the last couple of years now, we've actually raised a couple um, beef cattle, and um, we actually were able to... We basically take the meat from the cows, and um, we mostly make ground beef out of it, 
but we also took uh, the steaks. So the, the nice primal cuts, we were able to cut them into about four-ounce steaks. And uh, the last month of school, in the high school, we treat the entire school to a steak day, basically, uh, where they're eating you know, New York strips or ribeyes or whatever they happen to get when they come through um, that we grill out. And um, it's quite the experience for the kids. Uh, you don't hear very many school lunch programs serving ribeyes. Well, that's for sure, especially ribeyes that they uh, raise themselves. What has the educational curve been like uh, going this way? And again, if you're just joining us, this is Mike Gasper. He is the director of nutrition services at Holman School, uh, again, just outside of La Crosse, where they are trying to capitalize on all of the locally produced food and getting it into the school program. But it doesn't come without its own challenges. Tell me about the educational side of this, Mike. And I'm not necessarily sure that the education only is with those kids. No, gosh, no. Gosh, you know, um, you know, we've had some successes, more successes than failures, but we've had some failures as well. You know, we, um, the kitchen staff is learning right along with the kids, you know, and, and how to prepare some of these items. We've done a lot of training. Um, we've had chefs in here uh, working with, with our staff, showing them how to use a knife properly or how to uh, julienne something or dice it or whatever you, you might need. Um, the whole cooking process, you know, working with herbs, um, all of that stuff is, is, is a bit of a learning curve to someone who may, you know, in the past, hadn't had a lot of experience with those kinds of things. So it, it hasn't just been our students, it's been our, our staff. But um, uh, the neat thing is, you know, you see the students and the staff collaborating on this stuff. You see the pride um, in their faces when, uh, you know, we, we bring those students, uh, the students that raise the pigs come back and serve the pig. Um, and just, you know, uh, their friends seeing them back there, well, hey, what are you doing back there? Well, this is this comes from the pig I raised. Um, you know, it's it's just been a, a really neat process, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of interesting how it morphed from you know very simplistic beginnings uh, to what we have now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I failed to tell you, too, we actually have an 80-tree apple orchard planted behind one of our <laughs> elementary schools that uh, students planted. They built the deer fence, the whole nine yards, and uh, we actually expect to start harvesting apples out of that orchard. It won't be this year. We'll get five or six out this year, but next year we should have uh, quite a nice crop of apples. So. You guys well, are just actually. running out of space, running out of land. Uh, that's what. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. We, you know, well, and and that's been the interesting thing. We've had local farmers donate um, space uh, to you know raise the the chicken. We don't have a barn or, or a farm, um, so when we do these projects, we have to find someone who's willing to host the animals, and then the uh, students that are in charge of those animals are the ones that go out every day and take care of them. Um, we did have pigs this year, uh, but unfortunately, the heat. Um, they did not um, grow at the rate they should have. Right. Um, so we were not able to, we won't end up with any pigs this year, but mm-hmm. the cows are doing great. So. <laughs> well, you know, and where are you going to take it from here, Mike? I mean, my goodness, I'm just kind of writing down here all of the things that you're already engaged in. Uh, coordination takes time for you and potentially that aggregator, takes time for students. Uh, how does the administration view this and where do you see the program going forward? Well, you know, I think uh, our administration um, has always been extremely supportive of our programs here, um, the egg programs in, in Holman, the lunch program. Um, I think at this point, you know, we've 
proven to everybody that we can do this and it can be done. It does take some creativity. It does take some practice. It does take some time. Uh, but the uh, benefit of it, you know, both in uh, from an educational standpoint, the nutritional standpoint, um, and just the flavor of the food, I mean, it's, it's just so much different. Um, so I, I see us continuing. Um, Maybe it's because I'm just not smart enough to say no to anything, and, and you know we're always willing to try something new. Um, but um, yeah, you know I think uh, whether I come up with the idea or, or Miss Lindell um, comes up with an idea, or one of her students come up with an idea. Uh, actually, the the hydroponic lettuce operation came from a student who was doing a project. She wanted to do hydroponic lettuce, so she came to me and said, "Hey." If I grow this stuff, can you use it? And we figured out a way to make that happen. And um, to this day, that was, my gosh, I think that was probably around 2012, 2010, somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. And we're still using that same system today. Man, it's very interesting. And I'll, I'll tell you, we're going to touch base with Mike again as we get farther into the school year, maybe transition from uh, the bounties of the fall into the creativity of winter. Mike Gasper, along with us, Director of Nutrition Services at the Holman School District, again, just outside of La Crosse, coordinating with a lot of different people uh, to make things happen. Uh, parents, you wonder if your kids are getting good uh, uh, locally produce food well at least when it comes to the Holman School District the answer resoundingly is yes from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison I'm farm director Pam Yonke this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select cat equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. At Blaine's Farm and Fleet, we know the value of good quality products. That's why we always carry top brands at affordable prices. And right now, get even greater savings during our September Ag Stock Up event. Like five gallon cans of Mystic JTA diesel oil, just $49.99 after $20 mail in rebate. Five gallon fuel cans from Midwest Can Company, your choice, $13.99. Choose from gas, kerosene, or diesel. Be prepared on the roads this fall with select True Flate tire repair products, now 20% off. And pick up a 12-volt, 8-gallons-per-minute pump with Auto Nozzle Filter Kit from GPI, now $409.99. Plus, check out these great doorbuster deals. Take $3 off Diamond and Diamond Naturals 28- to 55-pound bags of dog food. And get $50 instant savings on a DeWalt 20-volt Max Brushless Impact Wrench Kit. Find your must-have items in-store or buy online to pick up in our convenient drive-thru. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. 
spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning and welcome back this Tuesday morning, September 7th. I've got your weather forecast from ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Stu, it was pretty crisp this morning and the leaves are starting to change. as fall on the way. Well, I think you're right there, Stephanie. I did see a big group of geese heading south on Sunday morning. That's enough of that talk. Uh, You know, we're talking about just a little cooler spell that's really settled on in. The big change coming up now today is a cool front building in from the northwest, a front lined up near northwest Wisconsin, back towards southwest parts of Minnesota. Ahead of it, there is some rain. There are some scattered showers, light rain in northwest Wisconsin. One little area of moderate rain, may even be some thunder up toward Merrill or or Tomahawk and up into far northeast Wisconsin. Well, that activity will spread east and drop a little south as well. I do expect some rain chance today. First at La Crosse and Mauston, then at Madison, and then probably Beaver Dam, Fond du Lac, and Oshkosh after that. So a little later this morning, just into the afternoon, spreading from west to east. Not a big deal. Trace amounts of rain to about, uh, oh, let's say a couple of tenths of an inch, maybe a quarter inch. The heaviest rain, the strongest storms could happen in far southeast Wisconsin by mid part of the afternoon. The rest of us just get some rain as that front passes through with the passage of the front. There will be a little cooler air in store. So a warm day today. In fact, uh, more like normal for this time of the year in the upper 70s, but then a little cooler in the low 70s as we look toward Wednesday and Thursday. That doesn't sound all that bad, although a weak front following this initial one may account for a bit of a rain chance late Wednesday or Wednesday evening. Very scattered showers if something develops. Otherwise, that front drives on through, and temperatures stay a little cooler through the end of the week. Late Friday night, just into Saturday, another small chance of a little light rain. That's going to be about it for the week. I don't expect inches and inches of rain, but there'll be these few chances of some light rain to slide our way. I'll have forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. Stephanie Hoff back with our ag meteorologist, Stu Muck. Stu, you mentioned some scattered showers around the state, but, you know, no inches and inches, no pylon like uh, maybe we had seen before. But I also saw that there might be some high wind. So, I mean, is anything going to be severe? 
I don't know that we'd have a, a severe, but yeah, the winds are going to pick up. I mean, some gusts up toward 25 and 30 today and even developing into the day tomorrow. A little gusty, absolutely, but hopefully nothing more than that. We'll talk about today, some clouds, a mostly cloudy start, and that chance of a shower. Could be a thunderstorm. I expect that develops in the west here a bit later this morning and then just into the afternoon further east and south. Like I say, a couple of tenths of an inch of rain. Breezy, of course, upper 70s today. Southwest winds 5 to 15 could gust near 30. They become northwest as we head from late afternoon or late morning into the afternoon from west to east in the state. We cleared out a bit later today. Some clear skies down to the upper 50s tonight. Sunshine tomorrow, but the clouds build in a breezy day. Scattered showers late in the day or in the evening. In the mid 70s tomorrow, the northwest winds 5 to 15 could gust to 30. And sunny on Thursday, mid 70s. Northwest winds 5 to 15. I think we stay there in those mid-70s, maybe an upper 70 as we head to the end of the week, Stephanie, and that next small little chance of rain could build in for Friday night. I'll make sure to save any of my home garden canning projects for when it's raining. (laughs) There you go. That happened here, too, over the weekend. Great, Stu. I appreciate it, and we'll catch you again tomorrow. You bet. Have a great day. You, too. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. On August 25, 2021, the Madison Police Department was contacted by a Wisconsin resident living outside of Dane County. The reporting party told MPD that they received a call from a 608 area code. The caller identified himself as a fundraiser working on behalf of MPD collecting money for injured officers. When reporting the incident, the reporting party said they did not provide any money to the caller and that the caller hung up when the reporting party told them they were uncomfortable with the call. MPD is not involved in any telephone-based fundraising efforts and will not attempt to collect funds over the phone for any reason. 
MPD would like to remind residents to be extremely cautious if providing funds to anyone over the phone. Never provide funds in the form of gift cards and contact your local police department if you're suspicious of a call you have received. If you have any information regarding similar calls, please contact the Madison Police Department at 255-2345. If you wish to remain anonymous, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can receive up to $1,000 in cash rewards for tips that lead to an arrest. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank, your local independent bank. We're the premier provider of commercial, treasury, mortgage, and private banking services. Our team blends experience with the latest technology to make banking easier. We provide the advice and solutions you need. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank, timely decisions, people you know. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Landscape Envy, that's what you create when you add Kalani Wash Decorative Stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. Compere Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compere Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compere Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. This is Jeff Dunn from Dunn's Import in Middleton. Impulse buying. Be careful. Have common sense. I hear a few times a year how we went to Chicago and bought this car because it was an unbelievable deal and I really love the color. Then the beating begins. We want to inspect your purchase before the money is on the table. So do you. We can help you with your import car decisions before it's too late. Call Dunn's Import in Middleton for a buyer's inspection first. I have a Twitter poll out right now. The biggest question mark, and I know I've asked you this a few times, but you know I'm bringing it up again. Why not? Your biggest question mark coming in for Wisconsin uh, for the college football season with Penn State tomorrow is what? And we have the options: quarterback, running backs, defensive line, or uh, we threw one in special teams just because like we think everyone else is kind of set everywhere. Uh, right now, running backs leading the way at forty three point six percent. The biggest question mark is it that, or is it as Nelly suggested earlier, Graham Mertz the quarterback? Well, I think if we're being completely honest, the biggest question would be the kicking game. <laughs> but but uh, among the positions that, you know, people truly, truly care about, I mean, I, it's tough. Like, there, there's, there is a lot of unproven talent at running back. We saw, and, you know, and to be fair, Graham's slightly unproven as well. We, we thought we knew what we were going to get from him. You know, he does what he did against Illinois. And then there was kind of the up and down of it. Fall camp was kind of up and down in terms of what the media saw. I think they're going to be really good at running back. I think they have an opportunity with the trio of Ches Malusi, Jalen Berger, and Isaac Carendo, and maybe even throw in Braylon Allen at some point. That trio has to be has a chance to be special. So um, I, I guess I would probably lean toward Mertz as well because I think he's the guy that can make them either a college football playoff contender or you know, just to, you know, competing for the Big Ten West. I think he could be the difference between the two. And so I think, yeah, I think that would be my biggest question. Can he be that guy? Okay, so for Graham Mertz, then how much stock do we put in the last year? 
Because I mean, last year was so. I mean, I don't have to mm-hmm. reiterate what happened last year. It was so different, so unique. There was no fans in the stands. There's you know all these protocols you got to buy by. There's people missing time. There's injuries. Like how much stock do we put into Graham Mertz? And last, I think and the, last year. Yeah, no, I think you have the ability, depending on how you want to look at it, to excuse away all of his struggles. You could say COVID didn't have spring practice as a first year starter. He got COVID right after the Illinois game. He didn't have Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor for large stretches of the season. He got hurt. He got COVID. Like you can, you can, if you want to, excuse away all of what we saw from Graham Mertz, and some people are. Unfortunately for, I shouldn't say unfortunately, good for him, he's got the chance to, to, to prove that those excuses, he, he has never excused any of his play. Like he, he has taken it and owns it, owned it, it all, yeah. right? But everyone else, you know, will throw excuses here and there, but those excuses no longer exist, right? Like he had spring practice, he's healthy, Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor are healthy, he's got weapons in the backfield, his offensive line should probably be, I think, but it's, you know, maybe not game one, but certainly at some point this year be um, as good as it's been in the, in the last few years. So the, the excuses are kind of kind of gone. So um, I don't put a ton of stock into last year. I mean, we saw the greatness. We saw the not so good. But I think he's still the quarterback that is still the most talented quarterback they've ever had since Russell Wilson. So I, I'm not going to put too much stock in last year. I know Nelly probably does. He Don't you? Well, well he's been, he been sitting there grinning that, this whole that's time. That's the thing. It's like this is the hardest thing to wrap your head around mm-hmm. because if mm-hmm. you look at his career, you go back to high school, obviously he was great. And then you talk about that high school all-star game. He was amazing. Well, he five touchdowns, six touchdowns? Yeah, he set like a record. And Seven, then 12? And then all of a sudden he comes in. He didn't win the job in camp, but we also know Jack Cohn is a really good quality Division one college quarterback. And it makes sense. You know, when he did get out there, he looked pretty good handing the ball off like most Wisconsin quarterbacks, but didn't really get a ton of time to throw it. It's freshman year, didn't play much. Then it didn't look like he was going to beat out Jack Cohn until a foot injury last year. And then we know the weirdness of last year. He got COVID. His top two receivers went down. Uh, he potentially shoulder had injury. a bad shoulder injury. Like there are so many things. It's just like making a website. where do we go back? At what point do we go back on so far at Graham Mertz's, I guess, football career? If you want to go back to high school and say, well, this is the guy we have. We I, I, don't have a firm point. Nope, you don't. Not not at all. And I that's a that's a fair assessment of it. Completely, I totally agree. We don't know. That's why that's why he probably is the bigger question than. The running backs at this point, even though okay. Well, what do we know about Ches Malusi? Sorry to interrupt you. What do we know about Ches Malusi though? He was, you know, he's never a starter. Yeah. He, well, you know, he's it, got more, he's got more career yards than the rest of that running back room combined. So, well, um, I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know, but from all the things that we've heard from Clemson, they were, you know, in the fans and the players, they weren't happy about losing him. They're yeah. happy for him that he's going to get an opportunity. But he was a really, really good player coming out of high school and didn't really get an opportunity because. Travis Etienne was was there, and um, you know he was kind of relegated to being a backup. But I, I those two guys, I think him and Jalen Berger are, are both going to be really impact players. My wild card there is is Isaac Grando. Like he, there are moments where he looks like a star. Like his burst is just. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. 
And now from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. Longtime agriculture journalist, current farmer, and community leader Jane Metcalf is the latest inductee to the Ag Business Council of Rock County's Hall of Fame. I've worked as an ag journalist for about 43 years and have been involved in the community. And we have a farm. And for years, we just did corn and soybeans. And about three years ago, we started milking cows. We went out into a field and and built buildings and um, just started from scratch. It's been quite an experience. Quite an experience and quite a story. You don't hear a lot of people starting a dairy farm these days from scratch. You don't, but our son was very interested in dairy farming. He had started working on a dairy farm, um, his his cousin's dairy farm or his uncle's dairy farm, um, when he was 14 and just really enjoyed working with animals. And he was the one that... Um, that that drove us forward in in doing this, and he's doing a, a marvelous job. Um, my husband and I support him as best we can, and and are involved in the day to day stuff. But really, it's our son who's making those decisions, and um, we we probably are very unusual in that um, to start from scratch is is pretty. Um, venturesome, I would say. Tell us about the size of the farm, the scale, um, where does your milk go? Well, we have about um, a thousand acres, a little over a thousand acres. Um, we're milking, our, our freestyle barn holds 360 cows, and that's both milking cows and some dry cows. So we're milking about 300 cows. Um, we have jerseys, and absolutely love the jerseys. Uh, our, our milk is goes for cheese, and we are working with um, Rolling Hills uh, Cooperative in Monroe, so and they've been great to work with. Yeah, and then in addition, you said you do uh, corn and soybean uh, cash cropping, I presume? Yep, yeah, cash cropping, and a lot of that it goes to feed the cattle, of course. And then we also, we are raising our bull calves. We, we genomically test all of our cows, and so then we are... Um, cross, uh, we are breeding the low end of our, uh, genomically, the low end of our herd to beef breeds. And so we are raising um, steers that are, most of them are colored, um, with Charlet and Simital Cross. And some of them we sell as feeder calves and some we finish out. And um, it's working out very well. Again, that's Jane Metcalf. Jane and farm accountant Bill Murphy were the two inductees this year to the Egg Business Council of Rock County's Hall of Fame. The Walsa Fire Up Tailgate Party and Silent Auction Plans are coming together for September 11th. I'm Stephanie Hoff with Rick Deluge, a former assistant dean at the College of Agricultural and Life Sciences and also former director of the Farm and Industry Short Course Program. And Rick, the Fire Up event is back after a year off. They haven't had it. They didn't have it last year because of COVID. Um, they're having it this year, but uh, as, as my understanding, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, that they're you doing more of a box lunch instead of a, a full bratwurst uh, steak sandwiches kind of meal like they normally do. Just and again, it's because of the COVID issue that they needed to uh, 
have the food prepackaged and, uh, and available ahead of time. But uh, it should be a good time. We uh, usually uh, usually there's about 250 people that attend. Uh, we'll be um, uh, I think it's going to start this year at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's a six o'clock football game, so people don't have to worry about getting up too early in the morning to get to the event this year. Uh, it's more or less now. Can you stay awake till it starts at three o'clock? Right. So we'll uh, uh, they'll start at three o'clock. I think they have the um, Alumni Association's annual meeting at 2.45. It's a very brief meeting. Uh, and then the party begins, and uh, uh, they have uh, beer, and we have a silent auction that takes place in that. So there's always lots of things that people can bid on uh, to help support uh, scholarships in, in the College of Ag and Life Sciences. Yeah, so are you expecting, though, that, that same 250 people turn out, or do they, are they limiting it this year? No, it's not, not limited. Um, you know, it's just hard to tell because we, we never know, first of all, how many people really are going to go to the football game. We, and, and we haven't had an event at 3 o'clock in the afternoon for a long time. Usually it's 11 o'clock in the morning, and sometimes it's, you know, a 2.30 game, you know. But this will this be different. Uh, so we could have a bigger crowd because of that. Uh, it's just hard to know. So I don't know. Uh, of course, they, they take reservations in advance. People sign up in advance so they know how many meals to, to prepare. So they'll, they'll, they'll know this in, inside of another week or so, how many people they're expecting. And, and then there's always a few walk-ins of people that just they see the party going by and they say, oh, darn, I forgot that I was supposed to make a reservation for that, and they come on in. So usually they can accommodate a few walk-ins as well. Rick Deluge says it's incredible. Incredible to see both alumni and donors come together and raise money for students. The money from the Fire Up event goes to support scholarships, awards, and student activities. You can listen to the full interview with Rick Deluge at MidwestFarmReport.com. There we also have a sneak peek at what you can find in those auction boxes. You'll also find a registration link. I'll be right back with your market update after this. Rural Keeping Wisconsin strong. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual provides all lines of insurance, including commercial, farm, home, and auto. And your premiums stay right here to keep Wisconsin strong. Local agents, local underwriters, local claims adjusters. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select Ford trucks and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. An upcoming virtual workshop will focus on ventilating calf barns and putting in automated milking systems. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Courtney Halbach is an outreach specialist for the Dairyland Initiative at the School of Veterinary Medicine. The Dairyland Initiative is hosting the event. Courtney says the first focus of the event, which is a positive pressure to ventilation system workshop, will demonstrate a cost-effective way to add ventilation to the barn without having to build a whole new building. Yeah, so you see a lot of the old facilities, those classic tie stall facilities where it's really hard to get fresh air in through those small doors and windows. And so it's 
really a cost-effective solution to just put in a positive pressure tube system that you can ensure that you're getting the minimum air exchange rate um, so you have fresh air in that barn without chilling the calves. So it's it's great, and that's why it's become very popular throughout Wisconsin and the rest of the U.S. The Dairyland Initiative is inviting all who are involved in the dairy industry, from builders to veterinarians to farmers, to its upcoming virtual workshop. The first one is September 15th. The second one is September 16th, and the other one is focused on automated milking system designs. You can find the registration link at MidwestFarmReport.com. Food and yard waste are the largest category of waste found in landfills statewide. This is according to the DNR's latest waste characterization study. The study gives insight on what's going on in Wisconsin's landfills. Wasted food, which is formerly edible food that was spoiled or discarded without being eaten, was the largest component at 14.5%. And inedible food scraps, such as banana peels, was third largest at 6%. The DNR says to reduce landfill food and save money, households should bring a list to the grocery store to prevent overbuying, make sure to store food properly, and compost scraps. From Chicago, December corn is sitting at 525, unchanged. November soybeans are up five and three quarters at twelve ninety seven and three quarters. Wheat is up four at seven eighteen and a half. Now let's take a look at those dairy markets. On the close Friday, barrel cheese was down a quarter of a cent at a dollar thirty nine and a quarter. The forty pound block cheese was up one and a half at a dollar seventy three and a half. Double A butter was up a quarter of a cent at a dollar seventy nine and three quarters. Currently, September milk is down a penny at sixteen sixty three a hundredweight. October milk is up six cents at sixteen ninety one a hundredweight. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. How is it that we can have smokers' lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. When's the last time you reviewed your motorcycle insurance policy? You should call Prairie Land Insurance. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009, Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. 
Compier Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Stephanie Hoff on the line with John Heinberg, Market Advisor for Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. John, I want to talk about Hurricane Ida to start off. We know that power outages are still going on, transportation issues are still happening, and there's still cleanup going on at uh, in the Gulf. Concern in the grain markets, especially on on the shipping side. Now we do have some reports that, you know, some of the terminals are starting to get some movement here. They allowed some traffic to happen over the weekend, so that was encouraging to see. Still nowhere near capacity, and what we need to uh, see that product get moving out. You know, obviously it's a very very key port in terms of shipping overseas. That was the majority of where our grains were coming from. Over half of the grains that was being shipped on the export front was coming out of the Gulf, and you know that weighed on prices, especially in the corn market here and and the bean market as that storm was moving through so that's still something we got to keep on the watch and see what's going on there obviously we can shuffle grains to other ports there's a port out of alabama they can use there's houston uh, as well and then get some things product moving that way but just the logistics of moving things around to get to those locations ways Uh, so that's just been a little bit of a wet blanket here over the last week on the grain markets in general so we'll see how that kind of shapes up the other side of it too for on the producer side it's also a concerning point for moving you know potential fertilizer and things of that nature back up into the Midwest here as we get the, those types of products going. We've seen major jumps in fertilizer prices. So again, uh, it was just one of those deals that just hit at the wrong time and uh, it was never good when they hit period, but it's definitely had an impact on the markets and has a lot of concern right now. I mean, how long is this going to go on for? It takes a lot of time. There was, you know, another couple of weeks maybe before we get power restored to most of those places and things really get rolling. There was some damage at a couple of the terminals that's going to take time to fix. Uh, so, you know, we'll never get back to full capacity here probably for at least a solid month or two. Uh, but again, we should be up and running, I would assume, as soon as they get power on. I read this morning still about a half a million people are without power in that region. Uh, and, uh, you know, that still just causes issues uh, in general. Not only that, but container shortages are still going on. What does that look like? The shipping side of it's still going to be a big concern, and you know, especially if they wanted to move some things out to the west in the Pacific Northwest and get things product moving there. The container backups, as well as just the cost of container shipping, is just skyrocketing. And the storm only added to that concern as it got even more demand for uh, for an issue that just doesn't seem to want to go away. And John, changing the subject now uh, to the USDA report coming out this week that will outline acre estimates and crop production. Uh, What are you looking forward to there? Yeah, Thursday, or excuse me, Friday this week on the 10th, we got the next round of USDA numbers coming here with the September WASDE and crop production report. So it's going to be an interesting one already from the standpoint, you know, we kind of feel like the market overshot the yield, to, or the USDA overshot the yield cut last month down to 174.6 on corn. You know, just took a little bit off of beans down to 50 bushels per acre. We're expecting to see those numbers move back higher uh, with some of the weather that we've seen over the last couple of weeks, probably helping finish some areas out uh, that 
uh, we're you know behind on the moisture side. So that'll be something we got to watch. Does the yield come back up? Expectations are for a bushel on corn and a couple tenths on the on the soybean side. The other side that we're going to watch about the USDA made an announcement last week that they're going to release updated acre numbers on this report. Typically, they don't do that till October. Uh, so, but they got their data together. They said so they want to get the information out, which is I think got the market a little nervous that we're probably going to see a jump in corn and bean acres. The question is how much, and then how much of that is going to be harvestable. So that's going to be a couple of big things we need to watch. And then obviously, what's happening with the world supplies and in that regard, we're still seeing some more you know cuts in that Brazil crop. What's going on with the Argentina crop? Crops. You know, let's see what's happening with the world production. But right now, the focus will definitely be on the acres here, as well as that yield number and what the U.S. production is going to be on that report Friday. Yeah, John, if so, if crop yield goes up, will that I mean, it didn't seem like it would go up a lot, but is that going to move markets around a bit? You know, a bushel here, a bushel there, that adds 150 million bushels to the balance sheet. We'll have to see how that comes together. The other side that comes with the supply demand is what do they do on the demand side? Do they make some adjustments on the Chinese demand? There was a Bloomberg article that came out over the weekend that China was going to back off some of its corn buying because they got a bumper crop coming. So, you know, we'll see if the USDA makes any adjustments there. It's going to be those cuts on the demand or additions to the demand. That's what really moves that balance sheet around when we find out what those care out numbers are at the end of the year. Yeah. And, you know, I just read that U.S. surplus is actually up for the first time in a couple of years. Um, but if no one's buying it, that's a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, we got tight supplies. You know, we're still sitting in a very tight situation globally, but the demand is still going to be a key, you know, whether it's on the ethanol front here domestically or the export side in, in terms of shipping things overseas. And we talk about China all the time, but we still got our traditional buyers like Mexico and, you know, in the corn side, I believe it, Colombia is also one of our top buyers. So, you know, those countries need to step in and be those traditional buyers that we need. So that export side of the equation still weighs heavily, and even though it's only about 13% of the actual corn usage that we have in the country goes on the export front. The majority it's used domestically, but those couple hundred million bushels here or there doesn't sound like a lot when you're talking a 15 billion bushel crop. But when you're looking at a balance sheet as tight as it is, 100 million one way or another can really move prices. Again, moving on to um, the cattle market. John, you said the cattle market has been having a rough past couple weeks, but now some new news just kind of piles onto that. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with this. Cattle market's been in the middle of a long liquidation mode and technical selling. Okay, the fundamentals are still strong enough. We should see some support in price, but sometimes you just run into a window where people want to sell, and it's that seems to be what's been happening in the cattle market. Now we did get some news over the weekend that started on Friday. Brazil had a couple cases of atypical uh, mad cow disease. Those are in old aged animals, so it's not the normal mad cow that causes a panic. But we did get a report that they were going to halt some of their 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 exports to China here, which is about 40% of Chinese beef exports or imports comes from Brazil. So we'll see what happens with that in a market that's pretty oversold. May give us just a pop. It may not. I don't expect that to be a very long delay, but at least I wanted to address the headline that was out there, you know, and maybe some optimism that might come into producers' minds. So that's going to be a wait and see type of mentality, but technically the, the market's kind of broken down and actually I'm still targeting some further downside. And while that, I feel like that could open up some opportunity for the U.S., but we're still dealing with droughts. 
Yeah, you could. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, when you're talking the largest exporter in the world in beef in Brazil, stepping to the sidelines, uh, you know, that could open up some more things. We'll see if that happens. You know, we're still seeing some things in the cattle side that's still gonna got to be watched. Now, we've picked up some rain across the northern plains. Maybe that's going to slow down some of the cattle slaughter that we've seen in terms of the cows moving out, or you know, maybe get a little bit of help in some of those pasture conditions. And, you know, get some get some feed stocks put together for the fall. So that'll have to be something that we uh, keep have to keep an eye on. I still do like the long-term view in this cattle market. Numbers are just tighter. You know, and the other way on cattle is obviously the COVID situation and the pop in the Delta variant. And we have to see how that handles in the terms of the, of the restaurant trade and the demand side. Yeah, thanks, John. That's John Heinberg, market advisor for Total Farm Marketing in West Bend. If you want to get a hold of him, it's 1-800, it's toll free, 800-334-9779. 800-334-9779 or visit totalfarmmarketing.com. And John, what's your email? Again, John H at totalfarmmarketing.com. All right. Thanks, John. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Have a great week.